0: Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church, Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Hey, Happy New Year, everyone. I'm so glad that you have joined us Today, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's season. Uh, are you ready for 2021? <laughs> I hope so, because, uh, because it's here. Uh, as a reminder, we're going to be online until uh, the end of January. And we will get you info regarding February as soon as possible. We typically kick off the new year. By looking at our four connects. That's uh, connect to God, connect to the church, connect to our purpose, and connect to our community. And we typically kick the year off by doing that uh, for two reasons. The first one is... There's just something about this time of year, new year, uh, new chapter, new page, new goals, uh, reboot, restart, whatever language you would use. There really is something about this season uh, that's really timely for us to, uh, to take a look at our four connects, really our four core beliefs here in the vineyard. And then secondly... Uh, uh, we see this as an important time of the year to do, to look at our four connects because we believe that if you're paying attention to them, if you are leaning into them in your everyday life, we really believe that you're going to grow this year. Like we really believe that you will grow, that you will mature as a follower of Jesus. Uh, my prep, uh, really for, uh, for this talk, for the first talk of the year is, uh, my routine is to go back to last year's talk at this time, and uh, in light of all that we went through this last year, as I reread, uh, t- you know, January 3rd, 2020's talk, um, what I said a year ago seemed very naive to me, even a little clueless, uh, uh, in considering all that we've gone through, here's what I mean, uh, how many of you remember Y2K, right, do you remember that Y2K, year 2000, Uh, Helen and I were part of a uh, vineyard church plant and we had gathered as a small church family. It was New Year's Eve, December 31st, 1999. We were going to party appropriately like it was 1999 because it was 1999. But we'd gathered to worship and pray in the new year. And I remember that gathering as uh, we were all a little bit on pins and needles because if you remember uh, back to 1999, we were told that the system, the system could literally shut down when all the computers clicked over from 99 to to 00. For more than a year, uh, we'd been, uh, there'd really been global alarm. There'd been many preparations, all kinds of programming, corrections, trying to protect our banking, uh, utility, government systems. Uh, I seem to remember in October 98, then President Bill Clinton uh, signed the year 2000 Information and Readiness Disclosure Act. Like we were on high alert. We were as ready as could be. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. Many people spent... Hundreds, if not thousands of dollars preparing for what was supposed to be coming. Remember people were building like safe rooms in their houses. They were building bunkers, loading them up with food, with water. We hadn't clued into the whole toilet paper thing back then, but loading them up with guns. And I remember at our little vineyard gathering when we were getting close to midnight and we were counting down to midnight. Five, four, three, two, one. And nothing happened. The lights didn't go out. You know, no explosions. We literally clicked. We just rolled right into 2000. Now that was then. But this time, when we rolled over from 2019 to 2020, we did not know what was coming. We were not prepared. We were certainly not uh, on alert. In fact, we were very caught up, busy, very distracted by all our normal routines. And then wham! We got broadsided by many waves. Uh, Of course, a pandemic was upon us. We had racial injustice, racial uh, unrest protesting. We went online as a church. That was new territory. We went online, you know, our small groups went online. Uh, We were suddenly thrust into this thing called quarantine. Our life, our family, work, school, all our routines were drastically changed. And as if that wasn't enough, all of that was going on in the midst of a wild, still very disputed uh, presidential race. And as the saying goes, uh, you can't make this stuff up. 2020 uh, has shaken the foundation of our lives, of our society, uh, really of our planet. And so we've, we've entitled this series, Hindsight is 2020. I think that's a very cool title. Uh, and, t- and today my talk is an intro for the series, And our goal in this series is, is like, like what I'm saying, hindsight is to look back at 2020, look back at like, where were the places of struggle? You know, as we look back at this last year, you know, where did your faith, where did your confidence in God, your confidence in the church, your beliefs, where did they take a hit this last year? So we want to look back, but then we want to turn and look towards 2021. And uh, really move into 2021 with a plan that will strengthen us no matter what comes our way. Because we don't know uh, uh, what's coming in 2021, do we? But God does. And if uh, we've learned anything as God's people over this last year, it's this. That the the safest and wisest place for us to be, uh, no matter what is going on, is connected to him and his plans for us. So let's pray. And, and then I'll jump in. So Lord, I thank you uh, for today. I thank you for each one who is, has joined us today. I pray wherever people have gathered that your presence would be very tangible. Oh Lord, would you surprise us today with how close you are? I pray just a blessing on each one that's gathered. I pray a blessing on this talk. I ask that you would come, uh, have your way in Jesus' name, amen. All right, again, my talk is an intro for the series. And, and as I was thinking over last year, uh, one of the areas that has been shaken uh, is our identity. And I'm thinking in the context of our identity uh, as the church. And let me, let me make a broad statement. Uh, it seems to me that we as the church here in the U.S. have had an identity crisis during this last year. It's like we've forgotten who we are because we've forgotten whose we are, right? And, and that, those really are going to be my two points today. Whose we are and who we are. So let me jump into this a little bit more. Number one, whose we are. Okay, I remember years ago hearing a song and uh, one of the lines from that song went like this. Troubles come our way all around the battle rages. So we look for one who's stronger. Okay. Uh, beautiful line, and it captures something that I believe for us as human beings, that is a natural response. I believe for us as humans that we literally have been wired by God to do what that lyric says. When there's trouble, uh, what do we do? We look for safety. When there's trouble, we look for one who's stronger. And so uh, when I talk about we as the church having an identity crisis, What I'm getting at is, you know, over this last year with all the chaos and all the confusion, just all that went on, uh, where did you run to for safety? Or more specifically, who or what did you decide was stronger than whatever you were facing? Let me get a bit more specific. You know, over the last few months, uh, especially around the election and right after the election, something that was... Interesting, concerning to me was, was on YouTube and, you know, different, different uh, social media sources, seeing influential Christian leaders get up and, and, and calling the church, these, these leaders getting up and calling the church to rally around a political figure, whether it was on the left or on the right. It seemed to me as I listened to them that what they were saying is church, Church, in this chaotic time, here is the one who is stronger. Or here, here is the one who is is stronger. And, and, you know, hear me. I'm not saying as Christians we shouldn't be involved in politics. We should be. I'm not saying we shouldn't be patriotic or, you know, be passionate for the nation. Of course we should be. But what I am getting at is as the church, as the church in confusing, scary, stressful, you know, uh, times... God's plan, God's plan is that we would run to him, that we would rally around him. And um, one of my favorite movies, or it's, it's, a, it's a trilogy, The Lord of the Rings by, uh, by, Jay, uh, by Tolkien, uh, Peter Jackson. If you've never seen The Lord of the Rings trilogy, it's what's missing in your life. <laughs> You'll want to check it out. But, but in the third movie, there's this scene, uh, the third movie is called The Return of the King. But there's this scene of this massive battle. And it's the battle of Minas Tirith. And, and in that battle, you've got the armies of Middle-earth are, you know, are, are fighting the armies of the dark, you know, the evil Lord Sauron. And at one point in the battle. The forces of Middle-earth are grossly outnumbered and they're all spread out all over the battlefield. And there's this beautiful scene where Theoden, king of Rohan, where he's on this beautiful war horse and he raises his sword in the air and he yells out, to me, to me. And all these soldiers all around the field, they hear the voice of their king and they rally. They race to their king and they rally around him. And I think that is such a beautiful picture and it captures God's invitation to us. You know, we just, uh, in case you didn't notice, we just celebrated Christmas uh, where we celebrate Jesus, the son of God coming to earth. And in our Advent series, uh, we focused on how Jesus has come to earth to bring hope, to bring faith, to bring joy, to bring peace uh, and, and to bring light. And I love the picture to bring light to a people who are wandering in darkness. And so when I consider the picture from that movie, it's like, it's like I see Jesus stepping out on this battlefield and it's dark. And, and all around there are people who are lost and they're stumbling and confused and they're, be, and they're losing the battle of life, if you will. And I see Jesus in that place, lifting up his sword, the light of the world, lifting up his sword and yelling out, to me, to me, come to me. You don't have to wander around in this darkness. You don't have to go through whatever you're going through alone. You know, to me, come to me. And there's a verse in Matthew 9 that so captures this. It says this in verse 36. It says, when he, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That totally captures that picture. So let me me ask you a question. Uh, In the craziness of 2020, in hindsight, looking back at 2020, did you live it? Did you live this last year like a sheep without a shepherd? Or did you live this last year like a sheep with a shepherd? Right? Think about that. Like, did you live last year on your own? Or did you live last year with a sense of being protected? With a sense of of being led and fed and cared for by the one who is stronger? You know, as we start this new year, like, However you answer that question, God really wants to address that. Uh, he wants to remind us that being a Christian, it's not just embracing a bunch of rules. You know, it's not just joining a Sunday morning gathering. Being a Christian is, is uh, it's being adopted into a family. It's, it's being adopted into his family. I mean, that's the good news. Like, whose are we? Whose are we? We're his. We're his people. He's the shepherd. We're his sheep. He's the king and we're his people. He's the vine and we're his, we're his branches. He's the husband and we're his bride. He's the leader and, and we're his followers. He's the father and we're his children. You know, one of the, one of the consequences of sin poisoning humanity is, is amnesia, right? It's, it's, it's we have forgotten whose we are. You know, because of sin, we have forgotten God's beautiful plan. God's beautiful invitation for every man, woman, and child on planet earth to find their place, their safety in him. In him, the one who isn't just stronger. in you know, him, the one who is strongest. We've forgotten that place that we are made for. Listen, listen to this quote. I love this quote. Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord. And our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Until it finds its rest in thee. That, that, that is what we are made for. And so as we get ready to move into a new year, at a time where, uh, you know, where the, the chaos continues, at a time when God alone knows what's coming, it is imperative for us as the church, as God's people, to remember whose we are. Because really, it's in that place then that we can discover who we are. So number one is whose we are. Numero dois is number two is who we are. Now, little disclaimer here. If you you joined Helen and I for our Blue Christmas service, what I'm going to say next, you're going to recognize chunks of that. Um, But within the context of identity crisis and looking for one who's stronger, I really felt that it was important uh, to say this again. So I want to look at who we are. I want to look at who we are from God's perspective. So what I mean is, who are we? Uh, We are his responsibility. Okay, and so we're going to look at one verse, one verse. Philippians 1.6. Let me read it to you. Paul says this. Paul says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Okay, from that verse, uh, what do we see? What do we see in regards to us being his, being God's responsibility? Three, three points. First one, it says, uh, we see there that we are his idea. The verse starts with, I am, and I'm certain that God who began the good work in you. Now think about that. Think about that. Your beginning. Your beginning is found in him. Like you exist because you exist because God decided to make you. You are his idea. Um, Beautiful verse. Jeremiah 1 5. God says this. God says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Now, in this verse, God is talking to Jeremiah. And I love, I love the intimacy of this verse because it's like Almighty God, it's like Almighty God is, is sort of, you know, uh, leaning down to this, to this little man and he's saying, hey, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before anyone else knew you, I knew you, I knew you. And, and it wasn't just, you know, Jeremiah, some general knowing about you, like your gender, you're gonna have, you know, this color hair. Or what, like that's all important, but it was, but it was a very intimate knowing. Right, I know. I knew you, Jeremiah. I knew what I had made you for, Jeremiah. You are my idea. You began in me, and, and in Psalm one thirty nine, this beautiful. Uh, it continues this beautiful thought where it says that you and I were uh, were knit together by God in our mother's womb. And you know that is very meaningful to me because I grew up in a home where uh, watching my mum. Uh, knit and crochet. And if you ever done that or seen that? You know that it's, it's very precise. It's it's very uh, it's very intricate. And that picture of God, you know, knitting us together, of God taking that much care over our beginning. You know, that has always meant a lot to me because uh, identity is something that I have struggled with in my life. Uh, I I grew up in a pretty big family. Uh, there were six kids in our family. The oldest and the youngest were girls, and then there were four boys in the middle, and I and I am the youngest of the four boys, and we, we grew up in a small town in western Canada, and a, and a phrase that I heard quite a bit as a kid, you know, we'd be at school or somewhere in the town, and someone would, you know, I would be standing there, and someone would point and say, oh, who's this? And someone would say, ah, it's just another Hanson, and I'm like like, does anyone know my name? You know, I was just known as another Hanson. And then added to that, my dad had a joke. And, and uh, mom and dad, I know they watch, they'll be watching this talk. So, dad, I totally get this joke. Uh, my counselor has helped me walk through it, so don't worry. But my dad had this joke that when visitors would come to visit us, uh, he would line the kids up, sort of von Trappish, if you will. But he would line the kids up and he'd go down the line and he would say, This is Joan, this is Glenn, this is David. This is Peter. And then when he would get to me, this was the joke he would say, and this is repeat, and this is Susan. And I'm like, Papa, Papa, don't, don't you know my name, Papa? But in this whole thing of, of considering identity, this truth, this truth of like, who am I? Like, who am I? Uh, I am God's idea. That truth really has brought healing and continues to bring healing to my life. Because you know what that tells me? That tells me I am not just another Hanson. Right, or how would you answer that? You're not just another, you fill in the blank. right? You're, you are not a mistake. You are not an accident. Uh, though your parents may not have planned you, though, though your parents may not have wanted you, God did. God did. So who are you? You are his idea. So again, let me ask you a question. In hindsight, looking back, looking back on this last year, was there anything that happened or didn't happen that eroded your belief that you are special, precious to God. Like, was there a time where you felt forgotten, lost in the crowd, passed over? Whatever it was that has eroded that incredible gift, that incredible truth, God wants to address that. God wants to shine light into that area, that event, whatever happened. He wants to show you. He wants to show you just how precious you are to him that you are his idea. That's the first point. Second point, uh, we are his idea. Second point, he is always at work. He is always at work. Philippians 1.6 says this, And I am certain that God who began the, work, the, the good work within you will continue his work. Will continue his work. He doesn't just say, it doesn't just say like, you know, that God knit us together in our mother's wombs uh, and then he walked away. No, it doesn't say that. What it says there is that God has started a work in you, and He now is continuing that work in you. I mean, do you ever think about that? Do you ever, you know, think about that? God is always working in your life. Um, we we have a verse in the vineyard that we go to over and over and over. It's John five nineteen. And if you don't know that verse, I'm not going to give it to you. You need to look it up. It is a foundational uh, uh, verse for the vineyard. But but because we spend so much time on that verse. Uh, we, there's a verse that comes before it that we just go zipping by. uh, And and this verse that comes before it is a very encouraging verse. And it's John 5, 17. And it says this, but Jesus replied, my father is always working. My father is always working. And so am I. God, Jesus said there that God, his father is always at work. And, and, you know, we see this uh, in Psalm 121. It talks about how God never slumbers, God never sleeps and God never sleeps one because, well, he doesn't need to sleep. He's God, but also God never sleeps because God loves you because God is committed to finish the work that he has started in you. He is responsible for you. Now, you know, if we were uh, talking right now, I, I think we could say to each other, you know what? That is encouraging. But then if we were like really honest with, with each other, we would say something like this. Like, like, okay, that is encouraging. But boy, oh boy, is that, that is really something. That's something that is really hard to believe that God is always working. You know why? It's because, because if he's working right now in my life, wouldn't I hear like, you know, saws? Like, wouldn't I hear, wouldn't I, wouldn't I feel or wouldn't I see his work going on right now in my life? Or, or, you know, if we were honest, we might say what, what, really, what I really see and what I really feel is that maybe God is, maybe he is taking a sleep. It's really hard to believe that God is at work. But I, so here's something I find really helpful. The writer of the book of Hebrews, uh, just talking about life and living life. He, he tells us to do this in, in Hebrews 12 two, He says, you know, as we live this life, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. Okay, think about that. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author. Like when is the last time you thought of Jesus that way? As the author, as, as, the, as the author of the story of your life, right? He's writing the story of your life, his idea, his plot. He knows where the story is going, even if you don't. And this is, this is encouraging because in hard times, <clears throat> think about this. If you're going through a hard time, really from, from our perspective, it is inaccurate to determine the end of the story based on the page that you are now on. Does that make sense? Right? Like, like only the author knows where the story's going. And, and here's something amazing about God as, you know, as the author writing the story of our lives, about God taking responsibility for us. Even if the people in the story... Don't always do what he writes. Uh, uh, here's something that's amazing about God is he can take whatever we go through, our bad choices, whatever, you know, things done to us, all the painful, confusing, confusing things, all that we went through in 2020. He can take those things and he can work them, write them into something that will actually be for our good. We talked about this over and over in our, in our Joseph series, Romans 8.28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, uh, that is a mystery to me. I don't know how he does that, but he does, but he does. So let me ask you another question. In hindsight, right? Looking back, what has happened or not happened this last year? that has eroded your confidence in God's active, continuing work in your life. Like, and, and maybe, maybe it's not for you. Maybe right now what's coming to mind is a loved one. Where When you think back over this last year, what you saw was, was them moving backwards, not, you know, not moving forwards. And, and as we start this new year, God wants to meet you in that place and he wants to encourage you. And he wants to invite you to exchange your disappointment for his promise. His promise of continuing the work that he has started in your life or in your loved one's life. First one, we're his idea. Number two, he is always at work. And then finally, he will finish. He will finish what he has started. Philippians 1.6. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, this third part, it's something that uh, because it's in the future, uh, we need to really exercise faith to take hold of it. Of course, it all takes faith, but, but this part especially, right? So, so what I mean is really understanding what I, this thing of he will finish what he has started. It's, it's, like, it's like learning to say when things get hard, when things get confusing, learning to say, learning to remind ourselves, like, you know, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, it's hard right now. Like this page that I'm on right now does not make any sense. It's very confusing, but wait a minute, be encouraged because this is not the end of the story. You know it reminds me of a of a a John Lennon quote where he says everything will be okay in the end if it's not okay well it's not the end that's a great quote and and that's 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 really encouraging because you know one of the things i believe that causes us to question Uh, You know, whose we are, who we are, causes us to question or to doubt God's commitment to finish the work he has started in us. One of the things that I think causes us to question that is that we have an inaccurate view and understanding of what growth and progress looks like. Here's what I mean. Uh, Wouldn't you agree that we live in such a success driven culture? Uh, So how do you, in our culture, how do you determine that you are growing? How do you determine that you are changing, that you are moving in the right direction, right? In our culture, it means that things are getting better. They have to be getting better, right? You you should be making more money. You should have more degrees after your name. You should have more achievements. You You should have more stuff in your storage container. You should have more things, you know, fixed in your life. This... That, you know, this really drives our culture. It's, it's held up as the ultimate picture of success. But that is not how God sees it. There's a quote from, uh, from Mother Teresa that really captures the way God sees it. And here's, here's what Mother Teresa says. She says, Christians aren't called to be successful. They're called to be faithful. Christians aren't called to be successful. They are called to be faithful. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? That means that, you know, the sign of God starting and continuing his work in your life is that you are learning to trust and obey him more, regardless of what you're going through, right? In the eyes of God, you learning to trust God, turn to God, rally to God, you know, obey God. That, that is, in the eyes of God, that is success. In the eyes of God, that is growth. That shows that, that shows that you are moving in the right direction. And then the sign of God's work being completed, being finished in your life. You know, do you know that it's not you having conquered every struggle in your life? It's not, it's not you having wrestled down you know, every ad- addiction to the ground. It's not every problem solved. It's not every question answered the sign of God's work being completed in your life is when you are face to face with Jesus. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So who are you? You are his responsibility. Now, now, uh, let me end with this. You know, as we start this new series, as we, as we uh, move into this new year, why is this important? What I've said today, right? Establishing whose we are and who we are. Why is that important? Well, over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at, as we look at these four connects, we're going to be looking at uh, who God has called us to be. And we're going to be looking at what God has called us to do. And for us to be and for us to do, it will require the firm foundation of us knowing whose we are and who we are. On our own, this task is impossible. But if we will rally around the one who is strongest, if we will trust and obey the one who is responsible for us, you know what, church? As I look down the road at 2021, if we will do this, I tell you, uh, this is going to be a great year. This is going to be a great year no matter what comes our way in 2021 if we will learn to rally around him to trust and obey to trust and obey and to be confident in his his promise to finish what he started in us uh church this will be an amazing year so let me let me switch gears here uh, i just want to pray Uh, uh, wherever you've gathered, if you can. I mean, I can just imagine if you're running around, if there's kids in the room or whatever. I just want to, as as best as you can, uh, let's just quiet ourselves uh, and just really uh, welcome the Lord's presence right now. So Lord, I love, I love standing right here right now, knowing that wherever people are gathered, that you are right there with them. I love that truth. And so I ask Holy Spirit, uh, that you would come close and that you would make your presence known. Lord, just come. Come close to people. Lord, come and remind people today that, that they are yours. Come and remind people today that they are your responsibility. Just come, Lord. I bless, I bless all the cool ways all the creative ways that you're coming close right now. Just come Lord. And so in this maybe quiet place, uh, I want to ask you a question as we look into 2021, how, how do you want to live this next year? And and what I mean is, do you want to live it with, or without a shepherd? Well, of course, Uh, We know the answer to that. But I want to encourage you today to choose because we really, we have to choose that. And I would encourage you, you know, right now, but as we get into this next year to add this simple prayer to your daily routine. And, And it's this, Jesus, Jesus, be my shepherd today and help me be your sheep. Jesus, be my shepherd today and help me, help me live this day as one of your sheep. Well, hey, let me end off today by reading a blessing uh, over us as a church. And this is from um, uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. And so let me read this to us. Lord, I, I do pray as I, as I read the scripture, I pray that this year uh, we would be a church who is very in tune to our King's voice over the noise of the battle this year, Lord, that we would hear you calling us to yourself. So let me read this. So church, are you tired, worn out, burned out in religion, what Jesus says to you, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me this year. Work with me this year. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you this year. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Oh, Lord, may it be so. Amen. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, please join us next week. Heather is going to kick off uh, looking at our first connect. Really looking forward to that. But bless you. Have a wonderful week. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.